Before we begin this week's show, I would like to go over our prayer requests for this week. Prayer requests are always welcome. There's information at the end of every show on how to contact me with your prayer request. First is Mike S. Mike S. is dealing with heart issues, racing heart, um, may have to have an ablation done in the near future. Uh, but right now he's doing stable uh, or he is stable. So let's keep him in our heart and prayers that he continues to improve and get better. Next is Bob. Bob has stage two follicular lymphoma. He went through his third round of chemo this past Monday and Tuesday. He's very tired, but he is doing well. Let us keep Bob in our hearts and prayers that this cancer is eradicated from his body and that he lives a long, full and healthy life. Next, we have general uh, health and well-being prayer requests for Elaine, Lana, Clyde, Kathy, Michael T., Megan, Molly, and Gwen, Emma, Jean, Eddie, and Father Mike Cantor. Thank you. Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. I firmly believe that the divine works through people to help us every day. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Hello, my name is Angel and I'll be your host as we explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. How are you all doing? I so hope and pray that you all are doing as well as possible. Thank you, infinite thanks, for tuning in to this show. Uh, for tuning into all the shows. I can't thank you all enough. It is because of you all that this show is here and continues. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for finding us. And if you are a longtime listener, infinite thanks, blessings, and love for continuing to love and support the show. I'm so excited for today's show. <laughs> I know, when when aren't I excited for a show? This one is about a person who is so near and dear to my heart and soul. This person has influenced me so much my entire lifetime and continues to influence me to this very moment and probably no doubt will be an influence of mine throughout the rest of my days in this life. If you read the title, of this then you already know who that person is. It is none other than Bruce Lee. So Bruce Lee was a Hong Kong and American martial artist. He was a martial arts instructor. He was an actor, director, screenwriter, producer, and philosopher. That's what we're going to focus on today is the philosophical part of Bruce Lee. And the reason being Everybody knows the martial arts part of Bruce Lee. Anybody that's even slightly interested in martial arts or some, a lot of people don't even know anything about martial arts, know the name, know the name Bruce Lee. But there was so much more to Bruce than a martial artist or an actor. 
he was a very, very deep and spiritual person. And we're going to explore that today. So Bruce was born November 27th, 1940 in San Francisco, California. So he was a United States citizen. He was an American. And unfortunately, he died on July 20th, 1973 in Hong Kong at the young age of 32. Now, there are a lot of conspiracy theories regarding Bruce's death. Um, the actual autopsy report is that he died from an edema, a swelling of the brain, uh, due to an allergic reaction from a pain medication. Um, many people didn't realize that he suffered from seizures. And with the things that he put his body through, it was like otherworldly. You know, it was on that ultimate scale, even though he was human. And, you know, your body, a human body can only do so much. But Bruce was always pushing and striving to do more and to be better. Um, we'll get into that a little bit as we go through um, his philosophies. But, you know, he suffered from pain, of, of course. I mean, anybody that was in that kind of condition and worked out the way he did. Um, but migraines, he had migraines quite a bit. And that was one of the things that would trigger the seizures. Well, he was with a uh, co-star who was working on a show or a movie with him and was suffering from a migraine. So she gave him a pain pill. You got to remember, folks, this was 1973. Times were so much different back then, you know, and she offered him a pain pill. You know, it's contrary to it, it's unknown as to if he was aware that it was a prescription pain pill or if he thought it was like a Tylenol or an Advil or something that they gave back in those days. Um, but he went ahead and accepted the pain pill, took it and, you know, laid down for a little bit. And he never regained consciousness because he was adversely um, allergic to that pain medication and caused his brain to swell and caused him to pass, unfortunately. But enough of the sad stuff. <laughs> enough of that. Uh, we'll get now into Bruce Lee, the philosopher. So I have a really awesome article to share and present to you all by Sifu Arshan, or Archon, A-R-C-H-O-N. Of course, a link to this amazing article will be in the show notes and descriptions as always. But the article is titled, Bruce Lee's Profound Philosophy of Life, Seven Mind-Shifting Insights That Will Awaken Your Inner Warrior. And isn't that something we can all use these days? Because a lot of us, the most the majority of us live in our heads. We live in our minds and we need to learn to, as I've said in other shows, make that shift from your mind to your heart. Start living from your heart. And we're going to explore that today. So the article begins, when you hear the name Bruce Lee, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I know a diehard martial arts freak would not hesitate to take the life of anyone who made the mistake of messing with him or his family. Well, although 
This might be partially true, at least, in the film roles he played. There's more to Bruce Lee than that, other than the martial arts badass that he was and he's mostly known for. He was also a philosophy badass. From a very young age, Bruce Lee was obsessed with learning how to make the most out of his life. This is reflected by the countless hours he spent reading books. By the age of 30, he had possessed thousands of titles in his library, most of which on self-help, philosophy, and martial arts. But Bruce wasn't just a man of theory. Rather, he was a man of action. Hence, any important lesson he could grasp on an intellectual level, he'd apply it in his everyday life, with martial arts being his main vehicle for doing this. And this is one of the things, at a very young age, a dear friend of mine I've mentioned in the show before, uh, Art and I were obsessed with Bruce Lee from early age, like seven, eight years old. And that was one of the things that inspired us most about Bruce is that if he didn't know something, he would learn it and he would learn it aggressively. Um, like his fighting, you know, his martial arts. Um, he didn't just sit back in, in, in a defense posture in life. He was very aggressive and some would say oftentimes too aggressive. Um, but you have to remember again, back in those times, and especially even now, there was a lot, and still is, a lot of prejudice against Asians, um, not only in the States, but all over the world, and especially in Hollywood, in the film industry. And Bruce struggled with that for all his life, to which point he had ended up going back to Hong Kong, uh, where he passed, and start making movies there the way he wanted to make them, because um, people in the States wouldn't um, give him the time of day because, you know, especially those of you who know Bruce Lee know that he was the one who uh, co-wrote the TV series Kung Fu. Um, but when he tried out for the role, get this, he had to try out for a role that he co-created. They said he was too Asian for the part and that the public and viewers would not take to it. So that's when they cast David Carradine as um, the main person in that role. That was supposed to be Bruce Lee. But as you can see, this is what fed and powered Bruce to excel. When life would throw something harsh at him or something would go wrong or not his way, that made him fight even more and even harder to achieve what he wanted. He didn't allow that um, failure, as some would say, um, to stop him or deter him. He, it made him stronger. It fueled him even more. And we can learn so much from that, from things that we go through in life. How many times have we been through things? How many times have we been sick? How many times have we been told, no, you can't do this or you'll never do that? How many of us listened to the people that told us that, you know, and, and sorry to revert back to it as I always do, but my heart surgery, I'm not supposed to be here according to paper. If you look at my information on paper from my physicians and surgeon and um, 
all of that. I'm not supposed to be here on paper. I'm supposed to be dead. I was supposed to die on August 30th, 2020. But I didn't. I'm here. And thanks to divine and thanks to a lot of hard work in it requires a lot of hard work still to this day. I'm going to have to work very hard, <clears throat> excuse me, for the rest of my life um, to continue to be here as long as the divine wants me to be here. I can't just sit back and and say, well, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Or, you know, when I had to learn how to walk again, I had to learn to get my regain balance, to learn balance uh, again, um, to put weight on. I mean, I was so thin and emaciated. Um it took a lot of work and I work out, as you all know, I work out five days a week. I walk 10 miles or more a day. Um, and that's every day. I mean, I don't ever let off the gas. I mean, I make sure I don't go over that line and cross that line where I hurt myself. I know my limits, but I know how much I can push a little more and get those gains. And that's what we all should do. And that's what Bruce is was such an icon of, I'm sorry, I'm chasing that squirrel, but this, this is all, I feel, all related and, and not a tangent, that there's so much we can learn from him and so much I've learned from him and continue to learn from him. I mean, he's such a huge uh, part of my life still today. Bruce Lee didn't see martial arts merely as a competitive sport, but in essence, as a means of self-discovery and self-expression. By fighting, he was able to better understand who he was. He could force himself out of his comfort zone, test his limits, and confront his fears. Fighting was his way of making friends with his inner demons, expanding his sense of self, and expressing the core of his being. And any of you out there who do things like martial arts or dance or play music or anything like that, or even painting um, anything within the arts, know that, you know, through those expressions and through those arts, it causes you to increase and expand and become, you know, discover more about yourself and express more of yourself through your art. Through his writings, films, and interviews, Bruce Lee tried to convey the wisdom he had gained over the many years of studying philosophy and practicing martial arts. Here I'm going to share with you seven of his most profound insights, which if you give them the attention they deserve, will help awaken your inner warrior. That is the fighting spirit that will guide you through any hardship in life. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. The first is be like water. This is something that we always hear a lot about with uh, Bruce Lee is the be like water um, statement that he did an interview um, in where he just amazingly in such a fabulous and beautiful way expressed this. According to Bruce Lee, life is in constant change. And unless we learn to adapt to it, we're bound to experience tremendous resistance that will entrap us in a state of suffering. Having been deeply influenced by the philosophy of Taoism, especially by the teaching of the semi-legendary Chinese sage Lao Tzu, Bruce Lee likened the person who has learned to embrace change to water. There's a video clip as well, and I'll make sure there's a, that's in, the link is in the description of the show. 
from that interview I was telling you all about. People tend to think of water as a symbol of weakness. Far from that, Bruce Lee regarded water as the ultimate symbol of strength. In his own words, be like water because water is soft, resilient, and formless. It can never be snapped. Water is soft, yet stronger than anything else in existence. That's because of its ability to elude, adapt, and move with nature of things. By doing so, it conquers all without fighting. This insight is well illustrated by a scene from Bruce Lee's phenomenal movie, Enter the Dragon. The following is an excerpt from Bruce Lee's biography written by John Little. And the the book is titled The Warrior Within. So, Mr. Little writes, The scene has Lee on a large junk that is sailing from Hong Kong to an island destination. The locale of a brutal martial arts tournament presided over by Han, the renegade Shaolin Temple monk who has turned to a life of crime. By the way, this is my wife's favorite Bruce Lee movie, Enter the Dragon. On the junk or ship, that's another name for a ship, a New Zealand martial artist begins to flex his martial muscle, attempting to intimidate his fellow passengers, some of whom will be his opponents. In the forthcoming tournament, He chooses to do this by picking on and brutalizing the smaller Chinese stewards and cabin boys. After kicking a basket of fruit out of one's hand, hands, excuse me, and then side kicking him across the deck of the boat, he focuses on Lee, who is standing unbelligerently looking out across the waters. He attempts to goad Lee into a duel on the boat. Lee ignores him, and since yet curious, the martial artist asks him, What's your style? Lee smiles at the question. My style, you could call it the art of fighting without fighting. This intrigues the martial artist. The art of fighting without fighting. Show me some of it. Sensing that his adversary is not to be dissuaded and that some action must be taken, Lee agrees. With the proviso, excuse me, that they not fight aboard the junk or the ship. Don't you think we need more room, Lee asks. Where else, comes to the martial arts artist's reply. Lee smiles again as his eyes return to scanning the ocean. They come to rest upon a sandy cove, that island on the beach, says Lee, who then gestures to the lifeboat that is attached to the junk. We can take this boat. Nodding in agreement, the martial artist says, okay, as Lee works to unfasten the rope securing the boat Uh, From the ship, the martial artist steps into it. At that moment, Lee lets the line play out in his hands, setting the martial artist adrift at sea. Lee had no intention of ever joining the man at all. His swiftness of thought had given him victory without his once ever having to throw a punch or kick. He had, in fact, won the battle through the use of the art of fighting without fighting. Just like water, we can learn to overcome any obstacle we find on our path, not by fighting against it, but by embracing it, moving along with it, and silently conquering it with the least effort on our part. Moreover, by flowing with the river of life, not clinging to this or that circumstance, 
but letting the current of existence take us to new unknown places we learn to not get stuck in the past this way we can live more in the present as well as gather experiences that will help us grow into wiser individuals as bruce put it running water never grows stale so you've just got to keep on flowing so how many of us are like that how many of us are stuck in our lives in our careers um, in that we've put our our passions and dreams and hopes all on the back burner of just or have just locked them away uh, deep down inside of us you know it takes a lot to do these things but we can do them you can say if you always wanted to paint but you believe yourself to be a horrible painter why not take a class you know we're so blessed to have the internet now that you can pretty much go on youtube and watch any kind of video on basic painting techniques absolutely free the same goes for drawing or uh, working on your car or just anything anything and everything can be found for learning it's all there and the vast majority of it is absolutely free the only thing that stops us is us you know our mind of thinking well i'm not good enough to do that or i tried painting once but someone said it was terrible and i had no talent for it or i used to paint in school but my teacher said i should find another thing to do and find another hobby or find a better hobby because i was no good don't allow the views of others to stop you to thwart you or to change you don't allow their cuts and abuse um, to cause you to bleed out yes we all still have the scars of the abuse we've suffered as we've grown up and and been conditioned and evolved but we can get past those scars we can look at those scars and use that as strength as bruce did and i don't want to hear anybody say i'm too old to start you're never too old life is all about a journey of learning and living and growing and evolving and expanding and helping others and you're never too old to learn i mean i'm 53 and i am so obsessed with learning it's not even funny um, and that's my drive is to learn as much as i can share as much as i can help as much as i can uh, because none of us know how long we're here tomorrow's not guaranteed our next breath isn't guaranteed and i'm not saying that to scare anyone or, or bring fear but i'm saying it to bring awareness because our culture and the media wants you to believe that you will be here forever and i've said this many many times i'm always will is that We've got this thing in our head that if we have appointments, if we've got scheduled, say I've got a doctor's appointment a month from now, that we're going to be here and we're going to keep that appointment. If I got an invitation to go to a wedding this fall, say in October, and I accepted that invitation, I'm going to be there. There is no guarantee that we will. Why put off tomorrow what you can achieve today? And you can achieve it today. You definitely can. If you say, oh, I don't have time, 
then I challenge you to sit down and review your time. How much time do you spend on your phone? Listening to this podcast does not count. (laughs) How much time do you spend on your phone? How much time do you spend on social media, say Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, things like that? Um, How much time do you spend watching TV, watching movies, binge watching Netflix shows or Hulu shows? Um, You can take from that time and apply it to things that will better you in your life. The next is kick dogma out of your life. Bruce didn't subscribe to a dogma of any kind, and that's because to him, all organized belief systems are not only personally restricting, but also essentially untrue. Although he was an avid reader of religion and philosophy, he viewed religious and philosophical ideologies at best only as signposts pointing to the truth, but not as the truth itself. Hence, according to Bruce, one shouldn't be attached to them, but instead look at what they're pointing to. To paraphrase one of Bruce's famous lines from Enter the Dragon, it is like a finger pointing to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss the moon in all its heavenly glory. And I've used that quote many times here on the show and probably always will. And that's the thing is people out there that are hardcore religious don't get upset with with Bruce Lee. Um, He he saw that any kind of label that you place on yourself automatically puts you in a box. If you say, for example, you're Roman Catholic or you're a Bible Protestant, you've automatically put yourself in a box that you are conformed to that box in any and all beliefs um, or views in how others view that box or that religion. And he saw that as being very restrictive. And Bruce Lee was a mystic, as we've seen with the mystics. Even though they were hardcore, like Roman Catholic or whatever their faith was or wasn't, they fought outside the box a lot. That's how they achieved going from the relative reality, which is everyday life, to the ultimate reality, which is that of the divine. So as I've said many times on the show and always will, is the divine can't be put into words. Um, The Bible can point. uh, The Quran can point. um, The Bhagavad Gita can point. The Dhammapada can point. All of these sacred texts can point, but they can't tell you or describe exactly that which has no labels, that which has no form, that which is formless and is on the ultimate level. You know, it's an energy, it's an essence. If someone asks you to describe exactly what the wind is, you can feel it, you can kind of articulate how it feels or what it does, but we can't see it. I know some of you are scientists would say, well, yeah, you can. You can do this infrared thing and smoke and you can watch. (laughs) I know, but I'm just saying from the naked eye, we cannot see this, but it does exist. Yes, it does. Um, Just like the molecules and atoms in everything in us, you know, we are not solid matter. You know, you look at your body and you say, well, my hand, that's solid. I can smack it on this table. Well, no, that is actually molecules and atoms and things so tightly packed together that it gives the appearance that it's solid. 
but we're not solid. See? <laughs> That's going to mess with your head, but now think about that. We are not so, nothing is solid, nothing is concrete. Things are always changing, things are ever flowing like the water, like the wind. You know, you cannot again describe what that ultimate reality is. You can point to it, but you can't describe it. It's 100% experiential. It's what you feel, it's what you experience. It's that voice that speaks to your heart as so many of the mystics have shown us. And we continue on with the article. The truth is multi-sided and beyond what words can express. Therefore, it can't be named, packaged, and presented in a certain way without losing its essence. As Lee put it, you can't organize truth. That's like trying to put a pound of water into wrapping paper and shaping it. Hence, Bruce advised people not to cling to any belief system, not even his own. On the contrary, he urged them to think for themselves so that they can reach to their own conclusions from their first-hand experiences. As he pointed out, a good teacher protects his pupils from his own influences. So definitely, I mean, that's one thing I've said several times here on the show is don't take my word for what I'm sharing with you people. You know, sit with it, meditate on it, you know, digest it, you know, investigate it even further. You know, it will resonate with everybody differently because we're all, you know, different, even though our DNA is 99.9% all the same. You know, all of us have experienced things differently and in different orders in that has affected us and shaped us and has been our conditioning and what makes us us. Um, so, you know, as Bruce was pointing out is that you don't try to conform it. Like he said, trying to wrap a pound of water in wrapping paper and shape it. It's impossible. The same thing goes for the divine, for that which is ultimate truth. Although learning from others is a necessary part of our psycho-spiritual growth, We'd better not hold tightly to an ideology that was handed to us. A wise teacher knows this very well and hence doesn't let his students become his followers. Rather, his whole work is to help them break free from the shackles of external authority and create their own path in life. And I could not agree with that more. Um, you know, back when I used to teach, people always asked me, you know, why did you only teach Buddhism and Eastern philosophy for four years. And the reason for that, the big reason for that was that I had took my students on a journey with me and we learned and grew together and evolved together. And it got to a point to where I had presented to them, shown them and pointed to the ultimate, to the extent that I could do. And that I felt that they had been given all of the tools that they needed to take it from there, to take it and go on their own, that I was no longer needed. You know, I wasn't needed to begin with. I was just, you know, a tour guide pointing out the way, you know, and that was one of the big reasons why I stopped teaching uh, only after four years is because I took this group of amazing beings um, as far as I could take them. And a good teacher knows that. A good teacher knows 
There are limits. A good teacher knows when to stop. A good teacher knows um, when to set their students free. And that's what I did. And, you know, they all experienced and learned and, and got so much from it within those four short years. So I know some of you might not think four years is <laughs> very short. But in the whole scale of life, yes, four years is, is not very long. But they got so much from that. I got so much from that. You know, it was such an amazing blessing. But the same thing applies, you know, with what Bruce is saying here. And we've talked about that in just recent shows about the cookie cutters and stuff like that. If you go to a, a cookie cutter religion or a cookie cutter faith where each one follows the exact same thing, regardless of what day of the week it is or. Um, I mean, I just recently talked about this, uh, not this book nook, but I believe a book nook or two before this about that, about, you know, breaking out of that box, breaking out of that stereotype. You're not turning on your religion if you're studying, exploring other faiths, if you're learning about other faiths. And I've talked about this many times as well. I know. Um, but for those of you who are new and this is your first show, um, I've talked about and I always will talk about that is that, you know, you learn and you grow and you evolve and you put these tools in your toolbox of life and you use them as you need to. And if you don't use them, it will allow you to better relate to others because how can you have a conversation with a Muslim if you don't know anything about the Muslim faith? How can you have a conversation with someone who's Jewish if you don't know um, the Jewish or Hebrew faith? You know, how can you have a conversation with a Buddhist if you don't know anything about the Buddhist faith? You know, we need to come together in, on our similarities. And um, just last month or the month before, the amazing show, What God Is Not, I've talked about them so, more, so many times. And I'll have a link in the show notes. The podcast, What God Is Not, with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Um, they recently spoke about this, too, about how when they go out in public um, in with the collar, the priest collar, and, and she wears the habit of how a lot of times people, especially the way things are today, are very confrontational and almost attacking them verbally. They'll corner them like in a supermarket and just start saying, you know, what kind of religion are you and, and, and what does your God do? And, and just that's not how we are to be with people. We need to not be so attacking or defensive. We need to be loving and open. And I know that's easier said than done. But if we have that knowledge of other faiths, we are we have a, another way of meeting people, addressing people. And even if it's just a person in the store, just being kind um, goes so, so far. Um, and you don't have to get into religion. I firmly believe that you don't need to tell anyone what your religion is. They should know what your religion is or what your faith is by who you are and how you act. The next one is simplicity is the key. Bruce Lee said, it is not daily increase, but daily decrease. Hack away from the unessential. The closer to the source, the less wastage there is. If you think about it, most of us are wasting much of our time on things that don't truly contribute to our well-being. We do work we don't enjoy. We buy stuff we don't need. We spend time with people we don't like. 
and so on. No wonder our everyday life has become so complicated and stressful. According to Bruce Lee, simplicity is the key to contentment and self-development. In his own words, he says, the height of cultivation should move towards simplicity. It is the halfway cultivation that leads to ornamentation. The process to simplify is like a sculptor who continuously chisels away all the inessentials until he creates a masterpiece. By learning to simplify, we can let go of what isn't serving our happiness and growth and focus on what actually does. We can unburden our psyche from unnecessary wants and pay attention to our true needs. We can stop distracting ourselves with myriad things that turn life into a burdensome, burdensome excuse me, mess and instead dedicate ourselves only on what makes it a worth living adventure. In short, we can live a life that's filled with purpose and meaning. And that's kind of what I was saying before is that, you know, about us, how much time do we spend on our phones? How much time do we spend on social media? How much time, you know, there's so many things that we could sit down and analyze and change in our lives, you know, and it's never, ever too late to change. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you have a moment to change. And again, as I've said before, don't put it off. Don't put it off because the next moment is not guaranteed. Next is love is a way more, excuse me, love is way more than romance. Nearly everybody likes talking highly of love, but only a few are truly loving and satisfied with their relationships. That's because most people have a wrong impression of what love is. From a very young age, books, movies, and pop songs have conditioned us to believe that love is about finding the ideal partner who will complete us and with whom our life is going to be in a constant state of passionate excitement. But this kind of love, the so-called romantic love, is unreachable. Although in the beginning of a relationship it might seem like a concrete reality, the truth is that it's nothing but an illusion that quickly vanishes into thin air, resulting in disappointment and discontentment. To quote Bruce Lee, the happiness that is derived from excitement is like a brilliant fire. Soon it will go out. Bruce Lee pointed out that in order for a relationship to go on past the stage of initial excitement, plenty of time is required. Once this happens, love can grow deeper and take root in two people's hearts. As Bruce put it, Love is like a friendship caught on fire. In the beginning, a flame, very pretty, often hot and fierce, but still only light and flickering. As love grows older, our hearts mature, and our love becomes as coals, deep, burning, and unquenchable. Talking about his relationship with his wife, Linda, Bruce noted, Before we married, we never had the chance to go out to nightclubs. We only spent our nights watching TV and chatting. Many young couples live a very exciting life when they are in love. So when they marry and their lives are reduced to calmness and dullness, they will feel impatient and will drink the bitter cup of sad marriage. In order to build a healthy relationship, two partners need to spend intimate time together. By doing so, they can deeply get to know each other and see how well they feel in each other's presence on a day-to-day -day basis. 
then and only then can they find out if they truly match and therefore if it's worth continuing their relationship. I completely agree with Bruce on that. Um, Haven and I, what, next month? Yeah, next month we'll be married 35 years and together for 36 years. We both met when we were 17 years young and married when we were 18 years adult. <laughs> and we've had a lot of ups and downs, mainly due to me. Um, but she has been such an amazing goddess to stay with this poor soul all of these years and through all of my evolution. And believe me, folks, <laughs> I have evolved so much. I evolve every day. She can testify to that, no doubt. And I always will evolve, uh, but we evolve together. And that's one of the great things, which if you can call it great, that happened when I was furloughed uh, with COVID before the heart surgery, is that we got to spend a lot of time together. And I'm sure a lot of you got to do that with your loved ones as well. As least I hope you did. And those moments are so very precious where we get to know each other more intimately. We get to spend more quality time with each other. Again, if you say I don't have time to have quality time, then again, I revert to what I just said about, you know, how much time do you spend on social media? How much time do you spend watching Netflix and Hulu and all those things? And, um, you know, if you're a drinker, how much time do you spend at a bar? Um, that's time that you could spend with your loved one, with your partner, with your family, with your children. Um, and those moments are so very precious. Um, I mean, I am so beyond blessed to be able to count each and every moment with my wife. In fact, I know the very day I first told her I loved her. It was October 18th, 1986. That was the first time I told her that I loved her. And we have <laughs> anniversaries. We have the I love you anniversary, which is October 18th of every year. Then we have um, what we wanted to be our wedding uh, anniversary, which was Halloween, our favorite holiday, but we didn't get to do that. So we can we celebrate on that day. And then we have our actual wedding anniversary, which is November 13th, because we got married on a Friday the 13th, because everybody said it wouldn't last, it wouldn't work out. We were, you know, living and seeing life through rose-colored glasses. But yet, here we are, and the glasses are so beautiful. <laughs> so, so again, important to take that time in those relationships and to spend the time with the people you love and to you know, not get attached to that initial fire or spark. And, you know, you can cultivate it. I firmly believe that, you know, even as Bruce said, you know, we, as we get older in our relationships, we become more like hot coals. You know, the, the hot coals are sometimes hotter than the flames, you know. So, you know, I, I agree. You can definitely keep the spark in your relationships, in your life. And it does take a lot of work, but it's so, absolutely so much worth it. Those of you out there, who've been in long-time relationships know how beautiful a blessing it is. The next point is express yourself. Some people might have the impression that Bruce Lee was a cocky person who was showing off his martial arts skills solely in an effort to boost his ego by attracting the attention of others on him. This, however, is far from the truth. In reality, as Bruce explains in the following, another video, was first and foremost his way of expressing himself. 
One of the most well-known Bruce Lee quotes is, always be yourself, express yourself, have faith in yourself. Do not go out and look for a successful personality and duplicate it. And again, these videos, are the links will be in the link to this article. And again, I, that's always going to be in the show notes and show description. And how many of us see people, you know, in Hollywood, in movies and say, you know, I want to be just like that person, even though that's a fictitious character, that that person isn't real. Our minds oftentimes, you know, see them as real. I mean, as children, you know, we see, you know, talking about my age, I see the Lone Ranger in Zorro and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be them, you know, and not the hero, you know, in an ego way, I want to help people. I want to help those. But you see how you can take that and turn it in as a motivator to help you be the best you you can be. Not you're not the Lone Ranger, Clayton Moore. You're you're not Zorro. What's the most modern Zorro? Antonio Banderas or something like that. Um, but you can be the best you. And that's the important thing is to focus on you. In Bruce's mind, every single person is a unique individual, yet most people haven't embraced their uniqueness. Instead, they're trying to become someone they are not, either out of fear of what others think about them or out of their own desire to imitate those they admire. Yet they don't realize that by doing so, they are ruining their lives. As Bruce Lee beautiful points, beautifully points out in an essay he wrote in early 19. 73 entitled in my own process Bruce says most people only live from their image this is why some have a self a starting point most have a void because they are so busy projecting themselves as this or that they end up wasting and dissipating all their energy in projection and conjuring up of a facade rather than centering their energy on expanding and broadening their potential or expressing and relaying this unified energy for efficient communication. According to Bruce, to follow your inner voice and honestly express yourself is a prerequisite for self-discovery and personal growth. In his own words, in life, what more can you ask for than to be real? To fulfill one's potential instead of wasting energy on attempting to actualize one's dissipating image, which is not real and an expenditure of one's vital energy. We have great work ahead of us and it needs devotion and much, much energy to grow, to discover. We need involvement, which is something I experience every day, sometimes good, sometimes frustrating. No matter what, you must let your inner light guide you out of the darkness. Wow, that last sentence there is so powerful. No matter what, you must let your inner light guide you out of the darkness. We've talked about that so, so much in this podcast, in all of our shows, especially recently, The Little Soul and the Sun. You know, we don't realize how bright our light can be. We don't even realize, a lot of us don't realize due to conditioning and culture 
and media and even abuse that we don't even think we have a light, but you do. That divine light is in each and every one of us and it will shine and glow as bright as the sun itself, as bright as the divine itself. If you focus on that, you awaken to that, you realize that. Again, the whole shift going from the mind, you know, working and living from your mind to living from your heart. Here's an amazing quote uh, from Bruce. Very, very powerful. I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations and you're not in this world to live up to mine. Again, pointing to that we're all so very unique. And I love how his words are so power charged. As strong and powerful as he was physically, his words and energy still resonates to this very day. I don't know if you all feel it, but I definitely do. In that the world expects us to be this or that, but we're not that. Remember, we are in this world. We are not of it. We are from the divine. And what I mean by the world, I'm not meaning the world as in the earth. Of course, we're part of the earth. The earth is part of us. The earth was created by the divine and we are the divine. The divine is us. The divine is everything. However, what we're referring to as when we use the word like the world and its expectations, we mean like today's society, culture, um, media, what they dictate we should be, what our government wants us to be, orders us to be. Um, all across the world, it's, it's so saddening to see how just a handful of rulers or leaders, what they've done to this world and that they've been allowed to do this to the world and how they are poisoning people. The world is very sick. It's very sick. And we need to make sure we take good care of ourselves and stay healthy as possible in our spirit and to never let your light diminish. Keep your light as bright as possible, blazing like the sun, as I just said previously. Um, the next point is keep on growing. Bruce Lee saw life as an ongoing journey to wisdom. Through our everyday experiences, we get to better understand who we are and the world we live in, thus maturing as human beings. However, this journey is filled with obstacles and making mistakes is a necessary part of learning how to overcome them. Therefore, committing mistakes isn't necessarily bad, contrary to what most people think. In fact, making mistakes can help us to become better problem solvers and decision takers. Yet to learn from our mistakes, we first need to be honest enough to admit them, as well as to make sure not to repeat them. As Bruce said, mistakes are always forgivable if one has the courage to admit to them. And in faith, we call that repentance, you know, can you when you go to confession and repent, that's what you're doing. You're admitting to your mistakes. You're pointing out your mistakes. You're asking forgiveness for your mistakes. Um, and it's done. You just don't repeat those mistakes or you try not to repeat those mistakes again, or you should do your very best to not repeat those mistakes again and go on with life. You don't dwell on it. You don't allow it to infect you and become a poison and become uh, a thing of self-suffering, self-loathing, self-hating. Um, 
I've seen this so many people, and I'm sure you all have as well. Um, it just it kills your confidence. And a lot of us won't try new things because we're afraid of failure. That's the thing is, is it, failure has gotten, it's been misused so much in our culture as a negative term. And it's not, you know, like sin. Sin means missing the mark. And yes, sin is bad, varying degrees, depending on what it is. But as we learned, it's the, what sin actually means. The word sin means missing the mark. You know, and failing is the same thing. It's not hitting the mark. If you set a goal and you, quote, fail, you've just missed that goal. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And so many lessons can be and should be learned from missing that goal from, quote, failure. Um, You can just drop the word failure. And just say, you know, it's it's just missing the goal or a delay in achieving the goal. You know, don't look at it as a, a you know, as finality, as in it's it's finite, is that that's the end. You know, if I fail, that's it. It's over. No, it's not. As the old saying goes, what happens if you're riding a bicycle and you fall off of it? Do you get back up and ride again? Most most probably just throw the bicycle over a hill or in a garbage. <laughs> garbage bin or give it away to a kid in the street. But no, we get back on the bike and ride again. And some people even say riding a horse. If you fall off a horse, you get back on it riding. And well, that's if you don't break your neck. <laughs> but you get the point. You get what these, um, you know, analogies are pointing at, you know, is that to never give up in there are bright lights of, things that you can learn, such gems and jewels in missing your goal um, or not achieving your goal instantly. You learn so much. In fact, you learn more striving to achieve the goal than attaining the goal itself. And goals can be achieved and they can be attained. I can attest to that. I can give testimony on any kind of podcast you guys want me to just be more of a windbag about myself than I already am. But I'm sure you can relate. Things in your in your career, you know, you've achieved that you didn't think you can, but took a long time, but you stayed focused, positive, and achieved that no matter how many times you stumbled, you can got up and you continued to go forward. You know, anything you set your mind to, you can achieve. So Bruce continues, wisdom is a never-ending process. The older we get, the more we develop our understanding. And those who stop growing in mind and soul are those who don't truly live. In a sense, they are like zombies, physically alive yet spiritually dead. Bruce noted, there is no such thing as maturity. There is instead an ever-evolving process of maturing. Because when there is a maturity, There is a conclusion and a cessation. That's the end. That's when the coffin is closed. You might be deteriorating physically in the long process of aging, but your personal process of daily discovery is ongoing. You continue to learn more and more about yourself every day. And those of you, I don't know if you know much about Bruce, but there was a point in his lifetime where he seriously injured his back. 
and he was laid up for quite a while. Um, doctors definitely said he would never do martial arts again, and he would be lucky if he could learn to walk. Um, you know, much like my circumstance, and I'm sure you all experienced too, special cancer, especially cancer survivors, where you were told, you know what, this is your percentage to live, and you know, you are now in remission. You fought hard. You did not accept that. And I didn't accept that with my heart diagnosis that, you know, this is the best things they're going to get, you know, just, you know, be a vegetable the rest of your life. That's all. You'll be lucky if you'll live another five, 10 years. This, we disproved that. And Bruce did the same thing. When they told him he'd never walk again, he started walking. When they told him he'd never do martial arts again, he not only did martial arts again, but he did it better than before. But while he was laid up, what did he do? He grabbed those books. You know, he did. Bruce didn't have a Kindle back in, 19, in the 1970s and late 60s, uh, but I'm, I'm sure he would love it now, um, unless he's like us who love the, the books. There's nothing like a smell of a book or a book in your hand or the feel of a book or reading a book itself. Uh, but he, he started to just dive into books. He had his wife bring him books, books, more books, and he just studied and studied it, self-help books, more martial arts, um, just anything to fuel him to continue to grow and continue to evolve. And as Bruce is pointing out, that's how we should always be, is to always grow and always evolve. Um, I came from an upbringing where, I mean, my, my dad and I are on a good relationship now, but he was always, you know, putting me down and saying that I was stupid, that I would never amount to anything, that I was pretty much worthless. And, you know, there was physical abuse, which I've covered before, I won't get into, uh, but, you know, physical abuse happens, it comes and goes, and it's done. Yes, it leaves a scar physically and spiritually and emotionally, uh, but the verbal is what really is a poison that is a cancer that sticks, can stick with you and, and eat you alive, literally. Um, it can totally devour you if you, if you allow it to, and, and unfortunately, this happens to so many people. It's so sad. Um, but I use that as fuel. You know, when he'd say, you, you know, you're stupid, you can't do this, you know, what in the world are you doing? You're an idiot. You know, you're not listening to me. You never listen to me. You know, things like that. I'm sure you all can relate to this. If your parent or somebody didn't do this, maybe you're another relative, maybe a brother or sister, a friend, aunt, uncle, whoever, even, even as coworkers or supervisors or bosses may have said to you, or just somebody on the street how that affects you. Don't let it affect you in a negative way. Turn that into fuel. Turn that into jet fuel, rocket fuel. Turn it into the most explosive and powerful fuel possible and use that to make yourself better. Never believe what other people say about you. Going back to the first episode of this season with Father Mike, Father Mike, said something along the lines of that um, he is strong enough in his, or thick enough in his skin that he doesn't allow the um, opinions or words of others to affect him. We need to be the same way. We need to have the armor of God. Those of you who are Christians, those of you who are not, know there's all kinds of protection things you can do. We just recently did a meditation this season on um, protecting and healing and uh, all of that. So check that out if you already haven't. It's great step-by-step -step meditation. But 
we need to not allow people to have that control over us. And I know it's so very hard when a snake bites you to not let that venom infect you. But you can be stronger than that. You know, what did Jesus do? You know, going back to those who are Christians, those of you who are non-Christians can relate to this, I'm sure, as well. What did Jesus do when people called him what they called him, what they did to him? They took his life. You know, how did he react? Did he like slump down in a corner and feel sorry for himself and say, I'm nobody, I'm nothing, I'm what they... Did he believe even for a moment what they said he was? Absolutely not. He used that as fuel to continue to be stronger and be more himself. And that's what we're pointing out here. That's what Bruce is pointing out. And this is what I'm asking all of you. Take the negativity in your life. Crunch that garbage down like a diamond and use that as the strongest fuel to motivate you to achieve more. Do more. Be more. And again, don't say I'm too old. <laughs> I'm 53. I'm taking seminary courses. I've got, at the time of this recording, I've got four down and I've got nine to go. I'm taking uh, life coach courses. I've finished and completed one and I've got eight more to go. So you're never too old to grow, evolve, and learn. Remember, life is all about that. Next, Bruce says, life itself is your teacher and you are in a state of constant learning. Completely agree. Next and last point is don't just talk, do. Bruce Lee was a philosopher in the truest sense of the word, that is, a lover of wisdom. To him, seeking wisdom wasn't just an intellectual game of acquiring knowledge. Rather, his aim was to apply what he learned in order to improve the quality of his life. In his mind, knowledge that isn't applied is useless, for it serves no actual purpose. He said, knowing is not enough. We must apply. Willing is not enough. We must do. Living too much in the head can prevent us from taking action and creating the life we want. That's because overthinking can fill us with worries, paralyze us with fears, and make us anxious about what the future might bring. As Bruce expressed, if you spend too much time thinking about a thing, you'll never get it done. In order to get unstuck from such a helpless emotional state, Bruce Lee's advice is simple. Take action. Of course, to do so doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to succeed. In fact, if your goals are difficult, chances are that you'll fail many times before you achieve them. But even if you fail, that's totally fine. Embrace failure and learn from it, realizing that it's an inseparable part of the path to success. The true problem, as Bruce reminds us, isn't failing, but not making a serious effort to succeed. He says, don't fear failure, not failure, but low aim is the crime. In great attempts, it is glorious even to fail. Life is fleeting, so we'd better make the most of it while we can by fully immersing ourselves in it and doing whatever it takes to turn it into an amazing journey. 
no matter its ups and downs. Otherwise, what's the point of living? Such a great article, and thank you all for sticking it through. I know it was a little bit long, and I get a little long-winded. <laughs> Imagine that. But I hope you all enjoyed it. And this show has, of course, already sparked another show for next week that we will be having. That show will be called Overcoming Abuse and Reclaiming Your Life. Yeah, the spirit is moving and grooving as I'm, as I'm doing this show. <laughs> the next show is just flooding on through. So, hey, as I said, th there's no breaks on this podcast, and I, I'm not even looking for them anymore. So all we can do is just stay in our seats, keep belted in, and just hang on. So stay tuned next week, folks, for that show. So we'll go ahead and close with a prayer and blessing and please, uh, everyone, keep those that were just previously mentioned uh, this week in your prayer intentions and in your prayer practices and all that you do. Um, some of us have prayer calendars. Some of us have prayer notebooks. Uh, whatever you use, even if you use your phone to jot down people that you're praying for, please include those that were just mentioned in those prayers. So um, the following is something I wanted to share um, Bruce and Linda had a son named Brandon, and Brandon um, sadly passed away in an accidental shooting while filming the movie The Crow um, in 1992. But one of Brandon's um, favorite quotes, uh, what, something that he said all the time, and as a matter of fact, one of the final interviews um, that you can find on YouTube with Brandon when he was on set of the filming of The Crow. And he shared this, um, which is quite amazing and insightful. Um, like, did he know something was going to happen or did he just live in the now like his dad? And it was written by Paul Bolus, B-O-L, excuse me, B-O-W-L-E-S. It helps if I can read. Um, he wrote a novel called The Sheltering Sky, and there was a movie with the same title, and the movie was by Bertolucci. And the very final scene in the movie, and I'll have a link to that uh, YouTube video. It's very short. Uh, the final scene has this actual um, saying in it, and it is actually spoken by the author, uh, Paul Bowles, or Bolas. And the expression goes like this. Because we don't know when we will die, we get to think life as an exhaustible well. Yet everything happens a certain number of times, and a very small number, really. How many more times will you remember a certain afternoon of your childhood? Some afternoon that's so deeply a part of your being that you can't even conceive of your life without it. Perhaps four or five times more, perhaps not even that. How many more times will you watch the full moon rise? Perhaps 20. And yet it will all seem limitless. So again, not to scare anyone, but these are things that we, you know, our society and our culture in the media lead us to believe that life is endless and life is infinite when it is actually just the opposite 
Um, life is short and very finite, and we don't know when our next moment will be our last. So it's, you know, the people of Eastern faiths know this because it's so ingrained in their faiths to be aware um, that life is very fragile, very fleeting, and that the next moment is not guaranteed. And they don't use it to, to cause anxiety, fear, or panic. They use it to stay aware in the moment, to always know that each and every moment is so priceless and so precious. So let us pray. Great divine God, universe, the one we have so many labels for that is beyond labels. Infinite thanks for each and every one of our blessings. We have so many blessings, most of which we don't realize, and we are sorry we don't realize those, but we are forever thankful nonetheless. Divine, please be with each and every one of us. Please help the words that we've just learned from the great Bruce Lee to be awakened within us, to help us move from living a life in our mind to from our heart. Help us to realize this so we can help others do the same. Divine, heal us of all of our sufferings and pain. Heal us of our scars. Empower us to take the things that have gone wrong in our life, the abuse in our life, and turn that into fuel to help us grow and evolve and blossom and bloom in beautiful and wonderful ways. We thank you, Divine, for each and every moment. Help us to realize how precious that is. Be with us always as we know you are. Help us to realize that you are. Amen. Okay, folks, so before we close, just one more reminder that, well, second to last reminder that entries for our season finale are due next Sunday. So if you are one that's been putting off to the last minute to send me information on your pet or pets, past or present, that you would like included in that memorial show, please, please, please get those sent out to me by next Sunday. So if you're waiting the last minute, you're almost there. <laughs> there. So my contact information at the end of the show here. So stay tuned. Keep listening because it's coming up. Again, please send me your stories of your beloved pets, regardless of who or what they are or were, so we can share that with the world and have an amazing memorial show for our beloved angel pets. I so hope and pray that you all have enjoyed the show and that you found everything that you are searching for in a podcast, especially a faith-based podcast here and more. 
please don't be a stranger. Come around anytime, all the time. We now have an Amazon.com wish list for the show for anyone who would like to make an offering. A link can always be found in the show notes and show description. I'm always open to questions and suggestions. We have people listening from all over the world. There are amazing beings past and present in your country, society, and culture that we and the rest of the world do not know about, but we should. Please, please, please contact me and share these amazing beings so the world can learn about them. Next is prayers. I love to pray and our listeners love to pray. So let us pray for you. There are two ways that you can do this. The first is to email me directly at faithandmorepodcast. That's all one word, faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. The second way is through our website. There's a contact form on the website. And you can find our website at faithandmorepodcast. Again, that's all one word, faithandmorepodcast.wixsite.com slash my dash site s-i-t-e so until next week have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you are in my heart and prayers bless you